Good morning, I'm Deacon Faye Patterson with our Sunday School lesson for today. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Gracious and eternal God, we are so grateful for this day that you have made. Thank you for allowing us to take part in it. Lord, forgive us of our sins and open our eyes and ears that we may hear the message that you have in store for us today. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for salvation. Lord, forgive us of our sins and help us to walk according to your will each and every day. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So our lesson for today is faith requires mutual love. It comes from Hebrews chapter 13 verses 1 through 3 and 1 Corinthians chapter 13. By the, I, our aim for change is that by the end of the lesson we will define Christian love and discuss its implications, reflect on the ways we experience Christian love in our lives, and practice love as it is rooted in our faith in Christ. Our scripture is Hebrews 13 verses 1 through 3, a plea for brotherly love. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you were suffering. So the central theme for Hebrews is the superiority of Jesus Christ. And because of his superiority, certain demands are placed on us and how we live as people who belong to him. Because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we have salvation. We also have certain responsibilities as followers of Christ. One of those responsibilities is to show mutual love among each other in the church. The author stated or started out reminding us to keep on loving one another. There's always the possibility that we could not love or we could stop loving each other. Brotherly love or Philadelphia love is mutual love. The Apostle John in 1 John chapter 4 verses 20 through 21 says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, who he has not seen. And this command that we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Perhaps one reason we may stop loving one another is when we fail to ask for forgiveness as, as we sin against others, and we refuse to love or forgive someone who hurts us. But like Jesus, we should pray that God will forgive our sins and our debts as we forgive our debtors or those who sin against us. That comes from Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 12. God reduced the laws and placed this simple law in our hearts to love one another so that we would not forget it. Pride is one thing that will kill brotherly love. Paul tells us in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, to have unity of sympathy, love, a tender heart, and an humble mind. Hospitality to strangers is another hallmark of Christianity in the New Testament. We should show the same grace and kindness towards strangers that God has shown toward us. 
Matthew 25, 40 reminds us, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brothers, you have done it to me. We may not be visited by divine angels of God, as in Abraham's day, but there may certainly be messengers of God sent by his Holy Spirit to whom we should show Christian hospitality. Without hospitality in Christian homes, the itinerant preachers of long ago would not have been able to uh, as effectively spread the gospel message. Early Christians were jailed for their faith. Perhaps some did not want to be identified with them and refused to visit when they were in jail. These prisoners depended upon the sympathy of others for necessities such as food. We are reminded to have compassion on prisoners as if they're as if we were there ourselves in Hebrews 13 and 3. And if one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. So not only should we remember our brothers and sisters in prison, but also in foreign lands who are being persecuted. That is why the fastest growing population of Christians in the world right now is the church in Iran. Afghanistan isn't far behind. In atheistic communistic China, Christianity is exploding and the political elite are terrified. And that's a quote from a pastor called Brian Suave uh, from the refugechurch.org. Brotherly love is mutual love shown by attitudes and behaviors, such as being involved in meeting the needs of others through a mutual sharing of possessions and activities. Unlike other things which will be shaken during the end times, love will remain. While God's word is unchanged, we realize that the customs have changed over the centuries and we now live in dangerous times. Hospitality is not always about inviting someone into your home. It can be shown in a number of ways, such as contributing to organizations that provide food, clothing, and shelter, or volunteering time and talents to assist those in need. We should pray uh, to God for discernment to be uh, within his will in order to remain safe when showing hospitality to strangers in our home. Now a word about Corinthians. You know, Corinth was an ancient city that was destroyed by Rome and rebuilt as a Roman colony by Julius Caesar about a hundred years later. That would have been 46 to 45 BC. It was a large, diverse, and prosperous community with many pagan religions and immoral practices. To be called a Corinthian was not a compliment. It implied that one lived a very immoral life. Paul's letter to the believers in Corinth addressed the needs for unity among themselves, emphasizing the importance of their relationship with one another. 1 Corinthians 13 verses 1 through 3 if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I again have nothing. The Corinthians were fascinated by the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially being able to speak in tongues. And Paul wanted them to know that all of those gifts were meaningless without agape, without agape love. For love to be effective, love must be the main focus. 
Agape is a conscious decision to treat others with the utmost care and concern, to put their interests above our own. It can only happen when we put God first. As we see in the Great Commandments, first to love the Lord with all our being, and then to love our neighbors as ourselves. And we find that in both in, a, in several of the Gospels, in Matthew 22, 37 and 39, and in Mark 12, 30 through 31, and Luke 10, 27. Next, we have love is the basis of our faith. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves or perseveres. There's an old expression that the proof is in the pudding. And Paul wanted people to know that love is a matter of other-directed behavior rather than self-centered behavior. It's not about how much you know, but about how much you care. We have to tolerate people who even annoy us. We have to forgive those who hurt us and show kindness in simple ways. Be thankful for what others have rather than envying them. We have to behave humbly and not arrogantly. It's even okay to be anonymous rather than seeking the limelight for a job well done. You don't have to speak your mind, but you should mind your speech. Paul points out that love never tires of support, never loses faith, never surrenders hope, and never gives up. <clears throat> Pardon me. The greatness or the greatness characteristic of agape love is that it keeps on bearing, believing, and hoping. It never gives up. Agape is seen and heard. Love is the gift that keeps on giving. And in verses 8 through 13, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. But when completeness for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness come, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So Paul tells us that true love produces patience, kindness, and honesty. These are the behaviors that we should demonstrate toward others. Boastfulness, jealousy, and resentment, and ill-tempered behavior hinder our ability to love. These are not behaviors that we should practice. How bad is it when adults show childish behaviors like we see in the news every day? Paul emphasized faith, hope, and love. He wanted the Corinthians to know that the temporary gifts of the Spirit could be pride and it would not last forever. Paul wanted Christians to understand that gifts are containers of God's work, but love is the work itself. 
The gifts, although given by the Holy Spirit, are partial gifts to help us to live during this present age on earth. Likewise, our maturity as Christians is partial until Christ returns to perfect each Christian. Only when Christ returns will we see ourselves the way Christ sees us, rather than the distorted images that we see in the mirror. In conclusion, Paul wanted the Christian Corinthian Christians and current day Christians to understand that giftedness is not the measure of maturity. The display of love is. Paul emphasized faith, hope, and love. When Christ returns, even faith and hope will pass away. Only love will remain because God is love and he will be with us eternally. The greatest gift is indeed love. Thank you for joining us today, and we pray that you will have a blessed day. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and prevent us faultless before the coming of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, now and forever. Amen. Have a blessed day.